Today we wrap up the series, Gratitude. Now you might be here and be like, hey, we've talked about it a bunch and, and we've heard a bunch of sermons on it and Thanksgiving's already over and you might think you got it all figured out. And, and that was me. I was like, hey, we've heard enough. Uh, I'm, I'm good on gratitude. And then I got an alert on my phone and I looked at my phone and I pulled open that alert and it said, winter advisory. <laughs> and all that I knew about gratitude went out the window. So I'm telling myself this week, as I get a snow shovel out, I'm grateful that I have a driveway to shovel. As I get a snow brush out, I'm grateful that I have a car to brush off. Can I get an amen today? I wouldn't amen if I was you, but anyway. But uh, excited to wrap this series up in just uh, a few minutes, but then also really want to encourage you. Next week, we're launching a brand new Christmas series called The Thrill of Hope. And hope brings great power. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just went and watched the... Uh, the Disney movie, the new Disney movie, Wish, and before you throw all your stuff at me, uh, it was a great movie, but uh, nothing crazy in it. Uh, but this movie, Disney Wish, uh, was all about hope and what happens to people when their hope is taken from them. And so we got a bunch of the nieces and nephews together before we went to celebrate Thanksgiving at uh, her family's side. And uh, while they were all putting stuff in Jello, we went and watched the movie. And... Uh, and it's just a, a movie that reminds you in the power of hope. And the message of Christmas is uh, we don't have to have a wish. We have a Savior who came and, and can bring us hope and a promise in a future. And so can't wait to launch that next week. And so hope that you join us in the Christmas season uh, for that series. But today, really honored. Um, you know, the signs of a healthy church are when you see people stepping into their giftings and, and moving into what God has called them to do. And so from time to time, you'll see here at this church, we'll have uh, people outside of myself or the staff, even outside of the staff, um, preach and have the opportunity to step into their giftings. And so uh, today we're going to have Andy Straub come up and preach a sermon. Give it up for Andy as he comes up today. It's been uh, it's been seven years since you last preached your sermon, uh, a, a sermon up here uh, What's that? Oh, it's been an hour. You're right. It's been an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, just in conversation, he said, oh, it's been about seven years. And for those of you that don't know Andy um, and his wife, uh, Amy, and a bunch of the kids, the whole family's here, right? Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they have a, a big family, and they're now plus one over here, newlyweds right here. So we've added to that. Give it up for them. Um, but in summer of 2000. Uh, don't applaud because we're not sure if we like marriage. They came in today. I was like, you're still together? You guys like marriage? Okay, all right. Keep it. Uh, but, uh, but what's amazing is in the summer of 2013, uh, a group of people begin to come together and talk about what you see right here. What would it look like if we launched a church in Zealand? And um, they were called our launch team. And it started with five people, six people, and then 18, 19, 20, got all the way up to 65-ish before we launched. Uh, and uh, Andy and his wife, Amy, were a part of that team from the very beginning, praying and believing that God would move in Zealand. And um, much of what you see up on the second floor um, was his team. He was leading a business um, that did renovations and, and different uh I guess commercial, uh, whatever you would call it, renovations. What was the name of that? Renewal Properties. Renewal Properties. There you go. And so uh, very busy, and he turned his attention toward this church and getting it built and putting up drywall, and his crew was in here doing all kinds of stuff and, and getting this church launched. And so said all that to say, 
this family has been a family uh, that loves this church, loves you, wants to see God's best. And since really about the summer, we've been meeting and talking about some of the different ways he's going to be involved in the church. And one of those being um, preaching and, and being able to, to speak. And so uh, he's prepared this is on his heart. We got to hear it in first service. And it's just a great reminder. It's a great conclusion uh, to this series. So stretch your hands toward him. We're going to pray and ask God to speak to us and to use him. And then we'll receive the word. So God, we love you so much. So grateful uh, for Andy, Lord, in this word. God, I thank you that you're going to use him to speak to us uh, your truth. Uh, God, I thank you that as we all hear this truth, Lord, I pray that um, we use it, we do it, that we live by it. Because God, we know your word is the light unto our path. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you to Josh for trusting me to do this. This is kind of a huge privilege, um, and I don't take it lightly. And, you know, we we go back to 2013 before the church, but I, I think I've known 22 years. He was just out of high school, right? Yeah. So I've known him for a long time. And the one thing that I really appreciate about Pastor Josh is like, there was a time, and you know, he said it's been seven years. There was a time in my life where, if you know Amy and I's story, if you've heard our you say, I really felt like God couldn't use me anymore. That's it, right? And because of his character, who he is, instead of it, could, it would have been easier for him to say, "Hey, bro, we got we got to not do this." But you loved me through it. You helped me through it. You and Jess guided us through it. In the same Josh that I knew. 20 some years ago is the same Josh, Pastor Josh, I've known for all of these years. So I admire the way that you lead us, the way that you love us, the way you lead your family and love them, and how you're so intentional with your children. You're younger than me, but I actually look up to you, man. So I really, I really appreciate and love you. So why don't I uh, quick pray one more time, and then I'll get into, uh, into what I got. Lord, thank you so much. I, uh, I thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, I ask that, Holy Spirit, I ask that you guide my words that you help it land on fertile soil, that you allow it to take root, grow, and produce much fruit. Thank you. Amen. All right. So I have the privilege to put the bow on our series, Gratitude. And, you know, when we, when we started this, I thought, well, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So what, what can I learn about gratitude? Because I try to find what I can be thankful for and everything. And this series has really challenged me in a lot of ways. One of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest ways was uh, Tiffany last week, how she spoke about um, how God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And she said that there was a, a translation in there, a different iteration that said he prepares a feast for us. And she said that that feast is like the, the good things that God's prepared for us. And we can be focused on the good things and the things that he's prepared for us, or we can be distracted by the enemies. Yeah words and, and voices. So we have that choice. And to me, I, it really kind of ties into what I want to say. It, just the, the power of what goes on in our minds affects how we can be grateful. Amen. So I brought four verses with me. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to go through all four of these, mainly because I, I, I encourage you to keep them at the front of your mind as I go through what I want to talk about today. And uh, the first one is First, Thess first Thessalonians 5. 16 it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. James 1, verse 2 Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Philippians 4, 6 Do not be anxious about anything, 
but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And finally, Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what I'd like to do is go back to Philippians 4, 6, because there's a, there's a lot in this verse, but there's also a lot to unpack that I think is, it will help us. So it says, don't be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving. If we do that, we'll have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Have you ever met somebody who's been just going through it? One of the worst, you, you know they're going through the worst time of their life, but somehow they have this peace, they have this joy. They have this, like, you look at them like, how can you be happy? I know what you're going through. How can you be happy going through that? And I would say what they've done in that moment is they've tapped into that peace that surpasses understanding. And how we do that is it, it, it is a mindset. They're not focused solely on the situation that they're in. They're not focused on the loss. They're not focused on the hurt. They're not focused on the pain. They're not focused on the trauma. They're focused on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. See, God knows how he created us. He knows how he designed us, and he knows how the enemy attacks us. And that's why he stresses so much in all of these verses. We're to rejoice always, Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. So if God knows how he created us and he knows how our brains work, I want to give you a little fun fact about our brain. So if your, your brain doesn't know the difference between something that you're remembering and a new experience. So when you wake up in the morning, if you're, if you're thinking about the, the, the letdowns that you had the previous day, the way you were hurt, the things that were said to you, if you're thinking negatively, your brain is thinking you're reliving this all the time and it's pumping out things that make you feel down, and, right? And if you're focusing on the positive, obviously the opposite happens. So I started thinking about this, like, gosh, what is the, what is the, uh, the, the power of gratitude in our bodies? And I thought about how, like, both Christian counselors and secular counselors, if somebody's going through, like, say they're, say they're struggling with depression or anxiety, one of the first things that they will uh, say to them is, like, hey, go buy a journal. We're going to start a grat- gratitude journal and write some things down that you're thankful for. Even those counselors, they understand the power of gratitude in our life. So I did a little bit of research because I wanted to, I wanted to find out, okay, what is, what is the importance of of gratitude on the human body. So I did some research, and by research, I mean I Googled it. And what I Googled is exactly that. What are the effects of gratitude on the human body? And there's no shortage of studies, uh, pages and pages and pages. So I found a couple that are I felt were really good. And the first one was, they said that if, if somebody says one thing that they're grateful for, it increases the dopamine in their body by up to 10%, just by saying one thing that they're grateful for. And on top of that, they said, if, if, you, if you hear somebody say express gratitude 
towards somebody else. It raises your dopamine levels. Or if you're the one experience somebody saying something grateful, that they're grateful for to you, you'll have that same experience. That's kind of amazing, just one thing. So then I went and I looked at another study. And this study was 150 people. And what they did is they told them, okay, in the morning, this is what we're going to do. We're going to write down and say out loud three to five things that we're grateful for. And in the evening, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to write and say out loud three to five things that we're grateful for. So they did it for 30 days. And at the end of the 30 days, there were some pretty amazing side effects. Are you curious to know what these were? I was too. So in this article, there was a whole bunch of sciencey stuff in between like, hey, there's results below. And I just scrolled right past all that. So I've got no sciencey stuff, but I've got, the, I've got the results. But I will tell you before I get into it that there were no negative results. Nobody had negative results from this study. Number one, decreased anxiety. Two, lowered feelings of depression. It improved their self-esteem, improved energy levels. People experienced greater overall happiness, improved sleep, lowered their blood pressure, and decreased stress. Isn't that amazing? So how long does it take to express three to five things that you're grateful for? Three minutes? Five minutes? So 10 minutes a day, and you can decrease your anxiety? You can lower your feelings of depression, improve your self-esteem, improve your energy levels, be overall happier. Gosh, I can improve my sleep. I can lower my blood pressure. I decrease my stress. I'd say that's worth the 10 minutes a day. Have you ever been watching TV? I don't watch much TV, but I do watch football. And in those commercial breaks, the timeout breaks or whatever, you, you, you get those commercials that are advertising the new wonder drug, right? Like, hey, this drug, it lowers your, lowers your blood pressure. And they talk about this wonder drug. They say, oh, you know, this drug, it's effective in 60% of people, 20% of the time. I don't know. And then they, they go, the next minute, they list all the side effects of this wonder drug. And I've actually like looked at Amy, we're watching the, the TV, I'm like, Gosh, it seems like the side effects are way worse than what it's supposed to cure. I would rather have high blood pressure than deal with all of this stuff. But what if I got up here today and I told you, hey, we found a new wonder drug. And this wonder drug has been proven effective 100% of the time with 100% of the people that take it. And this is what it does. It will decrease your anxiety. It'll lower your feelings of depression. You'll have improved self-esteem. Your energy levels will be greater. You'll experience greater overall happiness. You'll have improved sleep, lower blood pressure, and your stress will go down. And hey, kicker, no negative side effects. I'm first in line for that drug, right? But guys, that's gratitude. That's it. We have it. So if we express gratitude, does that mean that life's going to be perfect? It doesn't. James 1 tells us that. Consider it pure joy whenever you go through trials of many kinds. God knows we're going to go through it. But then he also encourages us to give thanks in everything. So what... Our job is to find the diamonds and the things. When we're, not, when, when, when we're practicing gratitude, 
And life isn't going great. When life throws us curveballs, it's our job. Cody was saying it last week. We, we have to make an effort. It takes action on our part. And so we have to search for the diamonds. Sometimes it takes a little bit of digging. So I've got that pill, and I want to tell you, Dr. Andy's in the house, so we're gonna, I'm going to prescribe you a little, a little something. So your prescript, pre, is it prescription, right? Not prescription. Michiganders say prescription, right? So your prescription is this. You're to take gratitude twice a day. We're going to take it in the morning and in the evening, but that's not it. You're going to take it as needed throughout the day, okay? Now, here's the thing. You can't overdose on this, okay? So you can take it when you're feeling good, take it when you're feeling bad. Take it when you're having a great day, take it when you're having a bad day. Take extra amounts of it when you feel like the world's against you. You got no hope. You've had a loss. You've had a letdown. That's when you take it the most. And that's how you find the diamond in the rough. So how do we accomplish this? It's easy to say, find the diamond in the rough, right? Well, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we've covered this the last couple weeks about the process starting in our mind. And this is why it's so important. We, we talked about how the enemy can attack our minds, but we haven't really touched much on what we put in our minds. The things that we see, the things that we watch, the same things that we look at, the things that we listen to. So what kind of music are we listening to? What kind of movies are we watching? What kind of news media do we focus on? And if, we have all, if we're spending all of our time soaking in that negative, whatever goes in is going to come out. Okay? So I like analogies, and this is kind of how I think about it, is the things that, we, that, that go into our mind, if we don't process them through God's filter. So the Bible tells us to bring every thought into captivity. So if we have these thoughts, and they're negative, and the enemy's coming against us, or if we haven't put in the right things, we have that thought, we can say, God, I don't love this thought. I'm not comfortable with this thought. And you bring it to the Holy Spirit, runs through the Holy Spirit. That negative thought can turn to a positive thought. Because what happens in our mind fills our heart. So whatever we fill our mind with fills our heart. And what does the Bible say what happens in our heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 34. So what our heart is full of, our mouth's going to say. What power does the mouth have? Our words there's life and death in the power of our tongue. And I love that verse, Proverbs 18, 21. Because we always say life and death are in the power of the tongue, but we forget about the last part of that. Those who love it will eat its fruits. So if we're speaking life, not only are we eating the fruit of life, but we're feeding the fruit of life. And if we spend all of our time thinking and talking and speaking negative we're, f we're not only eating the fruit of death, we're feeding people yeah. the fruit of death. So how do, we, how do we accomplish that fully, right? It starts in our heart, what we're putting in. Uh, I'm sorry, it starts in our mind and what we're putting in that leads to our actions. I would say living a life of gratitude all starts with how we start our day. And most of us start our day in some some type of prayer and, and everything like that. So what I'd like to do is I like it when, when somebody tells me, hey, I see you've been doing things this way, but
but there might be a better way to do it. And they encourage me and say, hey, maybe this might work out for you. So that's what I really want to do today. Is like, hey, are, are we praying like this? And might it work better if we do that? So when we wake up in the morning, and I've been guilty of this a lot, you wake up and you're like, okay, I've got to check the boxes. I've got to get up. I've got to do my little Bible reading. And then I've got to say a prayer and then I'll get on with my day. And we get up and we say, okay, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this coffee, first of all. I thank you for my wife, help her to see my way in things and my, my children. I thank you for them. They get on my, my nerves a little bit, but you know, help them to actually turn their homework in so I don't have to hear from the, the teacher. Um, thank you for my job, except for my boss. Like, I don't like my boss. Maybe have my boss call in sick today so that I can have a good day. Right? I mean, that's a little bit extreme, but that's similar to how we pray. But what if we would start our day and we'd say, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you created me for a purpose and you have a plan for me. And today, I know without you, I'm not much. So I ask you to fill my mind to be like you. Make my heart like you so that I can leave your thumbprint everywhere I go so that I can love people the way that you love them. And I'm not operating in my own strength. And I just thank you for my wife. I thank you for the amazing human that you bless me with. And my children, Lord, I just pray that they serve you. And I thank you that they serve you. I thank you that your word says that if I raise them in the way they should go, in the end, they won't depart from it. And I trust that and I stand on it. God, you know I'm going through it at work and my boss isn't great, but this is what I also know, that your word says that you give wisdom generously to all without finding fault. So I thank you that I'm going to tap into that wisdom and I'm going to practice that wisdom at work so that I can love the way that you love and I can lead the way that you lead. So if we start our day like that, instead of just mailing it in, the way that you continue your day will change. So that's how we start our day. And what about like, maybe you aren't feeling so happy in the morning. Maybe. Now, I never would. But maybe you had a fight with your wife the night before. And it didn't end well. And by maybe, maybe you had a fight with your wife a few days ago. I don't know. So somebody did, but I didn't. <laughs> and you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling very thankful. You don't want to thank God for your spouse. Do you get up and say, oh God, I just, I pray that Amy just see the error in her ways. Pray that she understand that like I was right, she was wrong, and help her to admit it and come to me and ask for my forgiveness. We kind of do that. Or maybe we could get up and say, God, you know what? I'm not feeling super thankful for my wife right now, but what I want to do is I want to take this time and thank you for, for my amazing wife. You answered my prayers when you gave me her. That was the cry of my heart. And Lord, I'm so sorry for the regrettable things that I said to her last night. When she wakes up, Lord, help me to just be able to go to her and hug her and tell her I'm sorry. Now, when she gets up in the morning, she's going to know by the look on your face. He's going to know by the look on your face. And when you say, you know what? I'm spending some time with God this morning. And I just want to tell you I love you. And I appreciate you. And you're amazing. Now both your days are starting off pretty good. You can deal with the kids being a little rowdy at that point. 
so that's our morning. What about as we go throughout the day? What are we, how are we praying? And I, I had was probably, probably 16, 16 years ago, because it was when, it, when Anna was about five or six, I was praying about, I was like, God, why do I feel like my prayers aren't being very effective? Why don't I feel like you're answering my prayers? And I was asking this for a few days. And it's like the Holy Spirit kind of said, well, you're a, you're a selfish brat. That's why. I'm like, what? Like, I'm praying. He's like, yeah, but it's, it's what you're praying. It's how you're praying. So I'm like, well, well, how is that? And this is my last point, so I'll close with this. And also, I really, I, I did it early last service, and I liked the music, so. I grew up Pentecostal, so if we could play the organ. No, I'm just kidding. So this is the analogy that God gave me, and I hope, hopefully it, it helps you in, it to see. And so what he said is like, what if you took Anna to the store, took her to Meyer, and you head down the toy aisle, and she says, hey, Dad, Daddy, can I, can I get a teddy bear? You say, yes, yeah, sweetie, I've got more than enough money. I've got enough money to buy all of these teddy bears. Of course I'll buy you that. I love you. She says, okay, thank you. And she go down, she goes home, she plays with it for a little bit puts it on her bed. The next time you're at Meyer, hey, daddy, can I have a, can I have a teddy bear? You say, yeah, of course, sweetie. You desire a teddy bear? Yeah, daddy, I desire a teddy bear. Well, I want to give you the desires of your heart. So here you go. I'll buy that for you. The next time she says, daddy, teddy bear. Now, I don't know about you and I love my kids, but if they start acting like spoiled brats, that's when I say, hey, hold on a second. No, sweetie, we're not going to get that teddy bear today. And what if her response was, oh my gosh, I can't believe you wouldn't get that for me. You told me you love me. You said you'd give me the desires of my heart. You don't love me. You're the worst dad ever. This is the worst day ever. I hate my life. I tell you what, in that scenario, sweetie, no. And, and I'm sorry to say this, but I tell you what, if you keep going the way that you're going, not only are we not going to get this teddy bear today, I'm going to take the one out of the back seat that you left there, and I'm going to take the one at home, and you're not going to have any until you can be thankful for what I've blessed you with, from what I've given you. Isn't that how we pray sometimes, though? Are we acting like spoiled brats? We talk to God and we ask him for things and when he doesn't answer the way that we want, we tell him, you said you'd give me the desires of my heart. He gives you the job. You're like, oh, thank God I got, oh, I hate my life. My job sucks. This is a terrible life. But what if in that scenario, let's look at it from the other side. What if Anna asked me for a teddy bear and I said, yeah, sweetie, I'll get you that teddy bear. I got enough money to buy all those teddy bears. And she said, oh my gosh, dad, you do that for me. You love me that much? You get me, a, you would buy, yeah, babe, I love you so much. I would buy that for you. Oh my God, dad, you're the best dad ever. Thank you so much. All the way to the register. She's like, daddy, you love me. Holding your hand, daddy, I love you so much. I can't believe you would do this for me. You didn't have to and you did in the checkout. My dad loves me. Look at what my dad gave me. Look at what he's blessed me with. Look at what I have. He loves me. 
all the way home. Dad, when I get home, I'm going to tell mom and I'm going to name her Sally. And Sally and I, we're going to go to bed together. And when we wake up, we're going to have breakfast. And this is what we're going to have for breakfast. Goes home, tells mom, oh, look at what dad gave me. I love him so much. And he loves me. Wake up in the morning. She has Sally at the table feeding her breakfast with a dress on. Now she wouldn't have to ask me to go to the store at that point and, and try to get all the teddy bears for her. So if we go to God with that same thankful heart, and if we're created in his image, in the way that, that we want to respond, he probably responds similarly. So when we go through life with gratitude and thankfulness and thanking God, looking for those diamonds, looking for the things, even when life doesn't go our way, even when we feel kicked down and let down, we search and we find the diamonds. Amen. Better than acting like a spoiled child. So even if you're, so I'm a glass half full, maybe you're a glass half empty. It really doesn't matter what we call ourselves because in God's world, the glass is always overflowing and that's the way we need to look at it. So as I wrap this up, I want to encourage you. And at first, what I was going to do is I was going to say, hey, let's practice 30 days of gratitude. Let's try that. But that doesn't create a lifestyle. That creates a checklist. So what I'd like to encourage everybody here to do is say that prayer in the morning. Ask God, God, make my mind more like your mind, my heart more like your heart, because I want to love the way that you love. And thank him for all of the things that he's blessed you with. And it's, I know it's hard if you, if you aren't feeling like it, if you feel like you've had a letdown, if you've tried and tried and tried on something and you just feel like you've been kicked in the teeth. We are going through a little bit of that at our house. My wife, the desire of her heart is for one thing. She's tried and tried. And it's hard to see that positive. It's hard to see somebody that you love being let down. But we got to dig for the diamonds. So even when you don't feel like you have any hope, there's one thing. When you don't feel like you have anything that you can be thankful for, no matter what, we, we can be thankful in one thing. If nothing else, God, thank you that you sent your son, died for me, rose again so that I don't have to pay the ultimate price. So let's get out there. Let's change the world around us. Let's change our family. Let's change our mindset. And let's go through it with an attitude of gratitude. I'm going to pray quick and then passion. Dear Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for the words that you gave me to speak. And Lord, I hope that they did land well. I hope that they do take root and they do grow. Lord, help us all to go out affect the people around us for you and leave your thumbprint everywhere we go. Amen. Let's give it up. Say thank you to Andy. Good word.